The Sunni Path Preface Let us begin the book in the name of Allah. The best protection is the name of Allah. His blessings are beyond all means of measure. All mercy he is, forgiving his pleasure. Allah Ta'ala, having mercy upon all people on the earth, creates useful things and sends them to us. In the hereafter, he will forgive those guilty believers who are to go to hell and will bring them to paradise. He alone creates every living creature, keeps every being in existence every moment, and protects all against fear and horror. Trusting myself to the honorable name of Allah Ta'ala, I began to write this book. Hamd be to Allah Ta'ala. Peace and blessings be on Rasulullah, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Benedictions be over his pure Ahl Bayt and over all his just and devoted companions, radiallahu ta'ala anhum ajma'in. The saying that goes, this is a world of struggles, should not be looked on as a trite remark. We have been plodding along in a life beset with a variety of struggles. We struggle against natural forces, such as sweltering weather in summer and snowy winter, against the tricks and slanders of wicked and irreligious people who attack us with all their psychological weaponry and material warfare. The first requirement to be fulfilled for waging a struggle against the enemy is to acquire extensive knowledge about the enemy. Otherwise, a venture undertaken to defend ourselves may turn out to be an injury inflicted on our neighbors and friends. Things needed for a comfortable life are called mal, property, or mulk, possession. Everything from thread and needle to a house or an apartment, house is property. Allah Ta'ala has given some people or communities permission to use certain items of property. These items of property and a man's wife, children, neighbors, and relatives are offerings that he may avail himself of. Everybody uses their property and possessions as much as Allah Ta'ala permits them to. It is never permissible to use them more than that or to use someone else's property. There's a widely known saying that goes, Do not be proud of your property and do not ever claim to be peerless. An adverse wind may blow and, like winnowing a grain, carry away all you possess. Property and possessions earned by haram, forbidden ways, are called dunya, world. Dunya consists of harams and makruz, and is harmful. The various books have various accounts of whether something is useful or harmful. The most correct distinction is the one drawn by Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala's commandments are called farts, and his prohibitions are termed harams. The Prophet's commandments are called sunnets, and his prohibitions are called makruz. These four things en masse are called Islam. The symptom of Iman's existence in a heart is its liking and accepting the ahkam-e-Islamiyah, that is, Islam's commandments and prohibitions. Denial of a single sunnat causes the denier to lose his or her Iman and to become a kafir, unbeliever or disbeliever. A person who has iman and yet who disobeys an Islamic rule, i.e. a commandment or a prohibition, becomes a fasiq, still Muslim. It is sinful to disobey Islam. A kafir will be burned eternally in hell, whereas a fasiq Muslim will be burned as much and as long as he or she deserves on account of their sins, and thereafter they will be taken to paradise. A person who both has iman and obeys Islam is called a salih slave, qul. The feminine form of salih is saliha, a person who lives in mountains or wildernesses and who is therefore unaware of Islam will not become a kafir or a fasik Muslim. 
Such people will not go to paradise or hell after being called to account on the day of judgment. Like animals, they will be annihilated. Islam, one of the heavenly religions, is a great blessing which causes great felicity. People who do not appreciate the value of this blessing shall pay for it. Each and every Muslim has to perform namaz five times daily. These namazes performed are a sign of iman in the performer's heart. Denial of these namazes causes the denier to become a kafir or disbeliever. A kafir who has belief in a heavenly but obsolete religion is called an ahl kitab or a person of the book. A person who denies that obsolete religion as well as is called a mushrik, polytheist. Of disbelievers, some Jews and most Christians have become mushriks. In today's world, there is next to not a single disbeliever who has not become a polytheist, mushrik. A Muslim who has misunderstood some of the statements of Muhammad and who therefore misquotes them is called a Muslim who holds a bidat. Shiites and Wahhabis are Muslims who hold bidats. If one of such people rejects a single statement made by Muhammad they will become an unbeliever. Muslims who believe all the statements made by Muhammad without making any alterations in them are called true Muslims who are the followers of the true Islamic scholars called Ahl-Sunnat. Imam Azham Abu Hanifa Nu'man bin Thabit is the leader of these true Islamic scholars and true Muslims. True Muslims who hold the true Islamic belief called Ahl-Sunnat have parted into four true groups termed madhabs in matters pertaining to Islamic practices and acts of worship. These madhabs are Hanafi, Shafi, Maliki, and Hanbali. Muslims in these four madhabs look on one another as brothers and sisters. They perform namaz behind one another. In other words, Muslims in any one of these four madhabs join a namaz in jamaat conducted by a Muslim in any one of the same four madhabs and perform their namaz behind that Muslim called imam. These true Muslims should not be mistaken for the people of Bidat, who are heretics. People of Bidat have been striving to demolish Islam from the interior. Alhamdulillah, Muslims the world over are mostly in the true madhab called Ahl-Sunnat. Wahhabis and Shi'is, who have been following two different heretical ways, are on the decrease in number. There are three main groups of people who call themselves Muslims. The first group are true Muslims who follow in the footsteps of the Ashabi Kiram. They are called Ahl-Sunnat, or true Muslims, or the Firqa-i-Najya, i.e. the group who have been saved from hell. The second group are enemies of the Ashabi Kiram. They are called Rafidis, or Shi'is, Shiites, or Firqa-i-Da'ala, i.e. the Abran group. The third group consists of people who are inimical both towards the Sunnis and towards the Shi'is. They are called Wahhabis, or Najdis, called so after Najd, Arabia, their birthplace. They are also called the Firqa-i-Ma'una, the accursed group. That they are called so on account of their calling Muslims polytheists is written in the book entitled Ethics of Islam and in various places of the six fascicles of endless bliss. People who stigmatize Muslims as unbelievers have been cursed by our blessed prophet. It is Jews and British traders who have caused this tripartite disunity among Muslims. Thousands of valuable books correctly teaching the creedal tenets, commandments, and prohibitions of the Islamic religion have been written, and most of these books have been translated into a number of other languages and reproduced in countries the whole world over. Scholarly authors of these correct books are called scholars of Ahl-Sunnat, rahmatullahi ta'ala alayhim ajma'in.
On the other hand, short-sighted people whose sole concern is their personal pleasures and idiots suborned by British traders in return for position and or money have always attacked the spiritual and luminous way guided by Islam and tried to libel the scholars of Ahl-Sunnat to remodel the Islamic religion and to misguide Muslims. This struggle between Muslims and irreligious people has continued throughout centuries and it will continue until doomsday. Janabi Haq willed this struggle in the eternal past. Scholars of Ahl-Sunnat learned all their knowledge from the Ashabi Kiram. For the purpose of teaching Islam, the Ashabi Kiram had left their homeland and migrated to different faraway countries. For that reason, they had not had time to write books. Among the scholars who lived after the second Islamic century, there were people who contaminated Islam's teachings with their personal views, with the scientific knowledge of their time, and with philosophers' statements, which in turn paved the way for the 72 aberrant groups of Bidat. Jews and British traders have large shares in the emergence of the groups of Bidat. Regardless of the group belonged in, people who follow their nefses and who are vicious-hearted shall go to hell. Every believer should say always, La ilaha illallah, for the tazkiyah of their nefs, i.e. to purge their nefs of the dirts of denial and sinfulness that are inherent in its creation, and say, Astaghfirullah, for the tazfiyah of their heart, i.e. to cure it from the diseases of denial and sinfulness which it has contracted from their own nefs, from the devil, from evil company, and from heretical books. As long as a Muslim obeys the ahkam-e-Islamiyah, i.e. Islam's commandments and prohibitions, prayers he or she says shall certainly be accepted by Allah Ta'ala. If a person does not perform namaz five times daily and or looks at women who have not properly covered themselves or at people with their awrat parts exposed and or consumes food and drink earned by ways that are haram, i.e. prohibited by Islam, it will be concluded that he is not obedient to the ahkam-e-Islamiyah. Prayers said by such people should not be accepted by Allah Ta'ala. There are two main levels of Muslims, the Khawaz, scholars, and the Awam, common people. It is stated as follows in the Turkish book entitled Dur Yikta and written by Imam Zara Muhammad bin Abdullah Esad of Konya. The Awam are people who are not learned in Arabic grammar and syntax called Sarf and Nah and methods and rules of Belletre. These people cannot read and understand books of fiqh and fatwa. It is farz for these people to learn and the teachings of Islamic belief and worship by asking the scholars of Ahl-Sunnat. And it is farz for the scholars to teach first the knowledge pertaining to belief and next the teachings pertaining to the five basic kinds of worship by way of oral and written lessons and preaches. It is written in the book entitled Zahira and also in the book entitled Tatar Hanaya that teaching the tenets of belief, iman, and the creed of Ahl-Sunnat should be given precedence over all other activities. As a matter of fact, Sayyid Abdul Hakim Arwasi, rahmatullahi ta'ala a great Islamic scholar and an expert in Zahir overt and Batin covert knowledge, made the following statement towards his passing. For almost 30 years, I tried to preach only Iman and the creed of Ahl-Sunnat and the beautiful moral conduct taught by Islam in the mosques of Istanbul. For that matter, we also have been dealing with the creed of Ahl-Sunnat, with Islam's lofty ethical values and with the importance of being good to others and serving and supporting the state in all our books. We do not approve of these subversive articles written by religiously ignorant and Lamadhabi people and Zindiqs, and which provoke people against the state and spread discord among brothers. Our blessed Prophet ﷺ stated, 
Religion is under the shade of swords, thus pointing to the fact it is under the protection of the state and its laws that Muslims will live in peace. The more powerful the state becomes, the more will peace and comfort be on the increase. Likewise, Muslims who live peacefully and perform their religious duties freely in non-Muslim European and American countries should not rebel against their state, which allows them freedom. They should not violate their laws and should be on the alert lest they should be duped into serving as extras in turmoil or anarchy. The scholars of Ahl-Sunnat advised us that we should be so. Scholars in one of the four true madhabs are called scholars of Ahl-Sunnat. An important note. There are different sceneries in different places of the world. You never become tired of watching them. Did these spots of beauty come into being on their own? So precisely calculated and well-proportioned is each and every being that it seems as if everything is the product of a single machine. All things are dependent on laws of physics, chemistry, biology, and astronomy. Above all, the harmony and symmetry in the creation of the human being. Coordination among our inner organs, like the component parts of a perfect machine, confounds the connoisseurs. Even Darwin, the well-known English non-Muslim, had to confess his admiration and the construction of the eye. All beings are related to one another through never-changing and interdependent laws. People with religious beliefs say that there is an omniscient khalq creator who creates all these beings. Atheists, who deny all religions, on the other hand, claim that everything comes into being on their own in a haphazard way. The creator, into the bargain, sends a message through his prophets, saying, I created all. I alone am the owner of you all. If you believe me, I shall accommodate you in my paradise. I shall give you innumerable blessings. You will lead an unending life of pleasure and happiness. As for people who deny my prophets, I shall torment them eternally with fire in hell. Supposing paradise and hell did not exist and believers were wrong to have believed in prophets, their mistake would cause them no harm. Yet, since prophets have told the truth, people who refuse to believe them and those who changed their statement shall burn eternally. It has been observed with gratitude that men of religious authority in almost all Muslim countries strive to promulgate and defend this right way of Ahl-Sunnah. However, some ignorant people who either have not read or have not understood the books written by scholars of Ahl-Sunnah make some ignorant oral and written statements, though without having any effect except betraying their own ignorance and wretchedness against Muslims' firm iman and the brotherly love they have for one another. Harmful separatist movements among Muslims attack books of Ilm-Ihal and try to vilify the scholars of Ahl-Sunnah and great men of Tasawuf, rahmatullahi ta'ala alayhim ajma'in. Like all other scholars of Ahl-Sunnah, Ahmed Jebdet Pasha and also our scientific board gave them the answers required, thereby protecting the correct meanings which Rasulullah derived from the Quran al-Karim. In the current book of ours, we define the true way and the heretical ones separately. We entreat Allah Ta'ala that by studying this book carefully with their common sense and pure conscience, our valuable readers will judge it fairly and stick together in the right and true way of the Ahl-Sunnah and avoid lying, slanderous, and heretical people. By doing so, they will escape eternal damnation.